The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. The Africa Business Report brought to you by Money Smart Week South Africa, a financial literacy campaign aimed at empowering South Africans to be smarter about their finances. More on MSWSA. .co.za. Welcome to Ronak Gopaldas, who is a director uh, and Africa analyst at Signal Risk on the line to us this evening. Uh, I was wondering whether or not you'd seen the reports, the rumours, the conjecture that the president of Tanzania doesn't seem to be particularly well. Uh, that's new to me, Bruce. Um, yeah, it could uh, it could be one of these internet rumors. It could just be that. I was just wondering whether or not, and if you haven't heard it, then we will uh, wait for further detail. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer to kind of uh, wait for confirmation before commenting on that. No, absolutely. Just checking, just checking in. You are Mr. Connected, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, prospects, of course, for a, an economic recovery in Africa. We've seen some good numbers in terms of the fourth quarter for South Africa um, coming out of uh, the, the, the COVID-19 crisis relatively um, unscathed compared to what we'd feared you know, eight months ago, yes, we were still down by a vast 7.5%, but it was assumed it could be considerably worse than that. Is this continent going to, to bounce back? Higher oil prices might help. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to see some green shoots of a recovery. And if you look at the African Development Bank forecast for this year, it's that the continent grows at 3%. Uh, as we know, last year, the continent experienced its first recession in 25 years. Um, so, you know, there are some, some positive start, signs starting to emerge. I think, as you mentioned, a lot of that is, is due to commodity prices. Compared to April last year, where we had the devastating crash, uh, we're starting to see a commodity bull market and de- demand recovering. Um, oil prices have recovered by almost 300%. Copper prices reached an eight-year high, and LNG prices recovered over 700%. Um, when you overlay this with support from financial markets, when you're seeing very supportive fiscal and monetary conditions globally, uh, we're starting to see uh, investors, at least on the portfolio side, trying into risk assets as well. And with positive uh, sentiment uh, around kind of vaccine recovery, increased trade and opening, uh, it does bode well. But, you know, we have been here before, kind of at the start of the last decade, we had the commodity boom, we had the Africa rising narrative. So as a continent, we really need to, to be careful that we don't squander the opportunity again. Our starting position is very different. Uh, debt levels are, are definitely much more elevated. And, of course, a lot's going to depend on vaccine economics and whether we are able to secure the vaccines we need as a continent or whether we're going to be left behind. Um, so lots depending on the external environment, but definitely some green shoots. Yeah, good news on that particular front, Ronak. And yes, it is scary. I mean, we just look at how well many countries are doing with their vaccination programs. You look across the continent and it's unfortunately incredibly, incredibly slow. Ratings agencies are very seldom are popular amongst the countries that they are downgrading. And we saw a huge uh, pushback against the ratings agency and the way they treated South Africa as we got in- downgraded again and again and again. Um, other African countries also getting a little bit fed up with the way in which it works. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that criticism is, is quite unfair, to be honest. Um, you know, the criticism from policymakers towards ratings agencies is that they act like God. They determine whether a country sinks or, swim, or swims. Um, but, you know, a lot of the time they're, they're simply shooting the messenger. And these countries were in, in a bad kind of situation long before the ratings agencies delivered the news. Um, you know, ratings agencies are damned if they do and damned if they don't. If they move too quickly, they move markets. If they act kind of too slowly, then they're reactionary. 
Um, and it's funny that kind of the criticism only occurs when, when countries are getting bad news. And here I want to use the example of Zambia. When it issued its Made in Euro bond in 2012 and put it away at a yield of 5.8%, which is lower than that of Spain at the time, it wasn't complaining. Um, you know, fast forward to last year where it was paying over 40% on, on the same Euro bond, and suddenly it's a, it's a witch hunt and an agenda and getting scapegoated by the ratings agencies. So, you know, from the ratings agency's perspective, they can't keep shifting the goalposts as and when it's convenient. Uh, you know, of course, you do have sympathy for countries that are navigating humanitarian and economic disaster through the pandemic. But, you know, the, the, the ratings agencies have to be consistent. And it's quite opportunistic, in my mind, in many instances, for African countries to simply turn around because they don't like the news. Do I mean, just because they don't like the news doesn't mean that the ratings agencies are wrong, however. Um, they've been alarmingly and frighteningly accurate, if not uh, delayed a bit on South Africa. Uh, one wonders, though, if the reform is actually necessary of the ratings agencies and how that might transpire. Yeah, look, I mean, ratings agencies are not perfect. They, they make mistakes. They're not immune to criticism. And we saw that in the wake of the global financial crisis, they, they were were really, uh, they made some significant mistakes. Um, and there are some, some significant design flaws as well. But I don't think that means that we throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, the, the ratings agencies need to be regulated, they need to be accountable, and their processes need to be transparent. And that's a process that can, can always get better. You know, I've seen a lot of, lot of talk around, you know, there needs to be new ratings agencies, Chinese ratings agencies. Can you imagine the, the issues with transparency around that? Uh, I mean, you know, ratings agencies are helpful because of the benchmarking that they do, because they incentivize positive behavior for countries that want to access global capital markets, and they engender transparency. Um, but I think, you know, more than kind of going after the ratings agencies, what we really need to do as a continent is deepen local capital markets so we can tap into local currency pools of funding, and we're not as reliant on, on, on international sources of funding. Because when you look at the, the debt problem that many countries on the continent have, including South Africa, will be over five trillion. Um, is it five trillion rand or dollars? I've, I've lose track of the currency uh, by uh, to 2024-2025. I mean, we're becoming increasingly encumbered by huge debt, as are many economies. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a function of, of what we saw last year—the kind of perfect storm, uh, real and economic. Uh, effect and real and financial market effects coinciding massive drop in commodity prices. And that left most African countries who are struggling to service their debt with three options, debt suspension, debt cancellation, or outright default. Some like Zambia have defaulted. Um, but it was in that context that the G20 and official creditor group came up with a DSSI initiative. But that didn't really take off because it was opaque about who would participate on what terms and under what conditions. And it didn't really involve private sector participation. So, you know, subsequent to that, there was a common framework for, for this debt issue that was launched in November, which is much more holistic. Um, China's now come to the party. The private sector seems to be much happier. And, you know, as, as many will know, the composition of African debt now is, is no longer predominantly held by official creditors, but 55% uh, or, or thereabouts is held by private creditors. So, you know, the a solution which penalized uh, private sector participants would, would, would limit market access in the future. Uh, it seems that we've got a much more constructive um, approach that, that's underway now, but we're not yet out of the woods, but definitely some positive news on that front. Thank you, Ronak Gopoldis, Director and Africa Analyst at Signal Risk.